The Courage to Lead, episode 103. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. I'm having a phenomenal week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Uh, Please help me welcome Jordan Ray. Jordan Ray has gone from being a star athlete to a brain surgery survivor to entrepreneur, all before the age of 19. Jordan is the founder and CEO of Limitless Medical Logs. She's a keynote speaker, patient advocate, and aspiring author. Jordan had to make a quick shift from prospective D1 college athlete to a brain surgery survivor after an unexpected blackout on the softball field left her fighting for her life at 17. She used this adversity as an ally and launched Limitless Medical Logs by the age of 19 to help patients just like her and her mom, a breast cancer survivor. Limitless Medical Logs was created by four patients by a patient. They provide all-in-one paper medical logs and a digital app to help you organize, prepare, and manage your health at your fingertips, leading to more productive and efficient doctor visits. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You know what I like about your the app and everything like that? People, I think, have lost, uh, I don't, lost sight of the fact that they should partner with their medical team, right? They should partner with their doctors, not just up to them. It's up to you to say, hey, here's what's going on and, and here's what, you know, I want to know answers to this. And I think too many people kind of lose sight of that. And your, your app really helps bring that into play, doesn't it? Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because when I was starting the company, I looked back on my athletic background. It was always a team of coaches and players. We always had to work together. You couldn't have the coach working and the players not. And um, so I looked back when I was designing the paper medical journal and also the app, I said, it needs to be the same concept here. The doctor and the patient need to work together as a team, just like if it was a sports team. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I want to go into deeper into that. Um, all the things you've accomplished in the few short years. Uh, I'm still amazed. I feel like a slug. Um, you've done so much and I've done so little. Uh, but yeah, I want to talk about all that. I want to talk about the business. I want to talk about your, uh, your new uh, business that you've got going on. All right. So we'll cover all of that and probably more, but first I have 10 questions that I like to ask every one of my guests. Uh, listeners will know these are the questions made famous on the TV show inside the actor studio where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his guests from Hollywood film stage and, uh, and television. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So Jordan, if you're ready, 10 questions. Question number one. All right. What's your favorite word? Challenge. Challenge. What's your least favorite word? Weakness. What turns you on? Mental toughness. Nice. What turns you off? Laziness. What sound or noise do you love? The ocean. What sound or noise do you hate? This is my biggest pet peeve, chewing with your mouth open. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you on that one. All right. What is your favorite curse word? Ooh, 
Starts with an S, ends with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I'd like to, if I could, I'd like to be a lawyer. Okay. Still plenty of time. You could do that. I could, yeah. In your spare time, <laughs> all your spare time. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Um, that's a good one. Um, I would probably say medicine, which is crazy because of me being in the medical field. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Finally, question 10. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did well, Jordan. You did well. Absolutely. And just reading through your bio, you have done done well. I want to come back. I want to talk about this, how you got your start, talk a little bit about uh, softball, what happened, and how you've parlayed that into all your businesses and stuff. All right. Awesome. So we'll talk about this. And uh, so listeners, uh, we'll be back right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I am back with my guest, Jordan Ray. Jordan, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. I know how busy you are, and I appreciate you uh, scheduling some time to, to talk with us. Well, thanks for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you were a star athlete. Tell me about your, uh, your athletic, uh, things back in, back in school. You were at high school softball. I did. Well, I started when I was four. Um, wow. I think I just had so much energy. My parents like, okay, what do we do with her? Um, so they, uh, signed me up for softball and the first practice, I just fell in love with it. And I just knew immediately, like, this is what I wanted to do for as long as I could. And it was, nice. um, funny. I think my parents were just getting me out of their hair but it turned out to be a 13 year career, nine years traveling every single weekend throughout the United States, wow. practice every day, conditioning. I just know that when they signed me up, they did not think that this is what it's going to turn into. So like, yeah, it created career, a little monster. <laughs> it, it did. And so my nice. career started very young and um, I played throughout middle school, high school was always on a travel team and um yeah, I just, I loved it. I loved the adversity that every day gave me. I was always growing and getting better. And I think that's what I fell in love with, with the game. And it's funny how that game relates so much to life after it. Absolutely. So. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, athletic programs at schools are, are being tailored down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's wrong. They should have more things because I think it does build character. I think it builds teamwork. I think it builds leadership skills. I think more sports should be out there. Yeah. And my biggest regret, I get asked this a lot, is um, I only played one sport, but it was I never had the time to do another one. Um, but I kind of wish I did maybe one or two more if I was able to find the time. So I definitely think if a person's out there interested in multiple sports, do it. You're going to learn different things from each mm-hmm. uh, sport. Absolutely. So what position did you play? I played third base, the hot nice. corner. The hot corner. Wow. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. 
Yeah, the adrenaline rush that it gives you when it's like, all right, is it going to be a line drive at my face? What do I need to do? It's when you play third, you always have to be on your on your toes. You always have to think ahead of the game. And that is the biggest thing that ties into business um, after the sport. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't zone out. You can't just like, you know, drift. Right. You'll get a line drive to your nose. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so tell me about the, the day you were, you were out on the field, you were playing, you were probably had scouts out there watching mm-hmm. you, the games and everything like that. Um, but then what happened? What happened out there on the field? Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump actually to when my mom got sick because okay. it all kind of aligns. Um, your junior year, that's when college coaches can start talking to you. The years before you cannot say one word to them. They speak to your coaches. So I was, I started to get recruited by 15. And so they were having conversations with my coaches and um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 16. Mm. And um, I think I grew a stronger love for the game because it now became my escape. And um, so she, for a year, she was fighting this. She went into her mission, uh, thank God, a year later. And we waited until after she went into her mission to start touring the universities that were interested in me because she sacrificed so much for me to be able to play this sport. And I'm like, I want to wait until she's better. We go, we tour a few schools and um, they all told me, we'll come back. We'll do an official visit. You'll practice with the team and we'll offer you. That is that little girl in me was Mm. jumping for joy. That's what you work so hard for your whole life, your whole career. And um, that was a, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we come back and my first district game, my junior year, April 13th, 2015 was on a Tuesday and I was running for routine play at third base. I've done it a million times. I just blacked out. I hit the ground, woke up a few seconds later. This was, people were telling me that I didn't know the time frame. Um, worst ever migraine. Hmm. My neck was killing me. I knew something was wrong. I just had no clue what happened. I thought I tripped and fell. I was very clumsy. I've broken a lot of bones. So I was like, all right, just fell again. Um, But I knew something was off because the lights were like expanding and blinding. The noise was deafening. I stayed in the game for four more innings. Mm. Because one, it was a district game. I just got back from touring colleges. So I'm pumped up and ready to go. It was an adrenaline rush, I guess, going through me. And um, it took the trainer four innings to pull me out. And she said, for concussion protocol, you know, you're done. Um, So that's how it happened. I was just running for a bunt. I think I hyperextended my neck so far back. And that's where the diagnosis comes into play of Chiari malformation um, a few months later. Wow. And what exactly is that? So it's, I was born with it, which is the craziest part of this story. I never had one blackout or symptom prior to that one day. Hmm. It's where your cerebellum extends into your spinal canal, blocking cerebrospinal fluid to and from your brain. So if you just think about it, how crazy it is that I was born with this, played at such a high level of softball for so many years, but the blackout came that one day after I literally was on top of the world. Wow. And so that ended the career? 
It did. You couldn't, you couldn't go on to play or there's nothing they could do surgically. Well, so this happened in April. I ended up getting the diagnosis in September. Okay. I had a migraine for 50 days straight from April to August was my first oh. neurosurgeon's appointment. And you call, you can't get in right away. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm booked for two months out. Yeah. So that's where the time frame comes in. I didn't go to the hospital. I didn't go to a primary. Um, I went to like an orthopedic for my neck and he said, I have whiplash. I'm fine. <laughs> so then the migraines kept coming and coming. They were getting worse. And I remember I said to my mom, there's something wrong here. We need to make an appointment. And um, when he saw me, he asked me two questions. Does it hurt to sneeze and cough? I'm like, what? It is deadly sneezing. Whoa. It's a weird question to ask, yeah, but yeah. it was the right question. He's like, I think I know what's going on. He sent me for MRIs and, and CAT scans. And I come back, I think a week later. And he's like, I was right. You have Chiari malformation. Um, and pretty much get ready, kid, you're having brain surgery. That was the next statement out of his mouth. And my first thought was, that's okay. I have softball, you know, the next day to get my mind off of this. Yeah. But then he said to me, no, you will not be able to play anymore just because of the surgery you're going to have. I won't be able to clear you. So in 10 minutes, I lost my sport going on to lose all the scholarships and I lost my health, which is the most important thing to a person wow. in 10 minutes at 17 years old. Wow. And you know, that's, that's one of the reasons I reached out to you is that would have crippled almost anybody else. They would have just yeah. curled up in a corner in the fetal position and, and waited, you know? Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I'm not going to lie and say I've just been positive throughout the whole process. My surgery was December 1st. So if you look at the timeline, April was a blackout. September was a diagnosis. December was the brain surgery. Mm. And I was only two months into my senior year of high school. It's also your best year, they always yeah, say. Yeah. Um, so I missed about 70% of it because of my health. And um, But for the first few months, there was like a depression that hit. Like, why is this happening? And I didn't understand, but it got to a point where I saw the need for better patient doctor communication throughout my whole process. I actually saw the need for it when my mom was sick, but I was 16. I had no clue what to do with that thought. And um, there was like a, a switch that went off that this negative thing just happened to me, but I somehow have to turn it into a positive. And that's kind of where it clicked. And it's like, holy crap. I saw the need for this a year and a half ago. Nice. Now I'm living the need. There has to be others. And I'm like, I'm just going to pull the trigger and do it. That's awesome. So that's where you had the idea for limitless medical logs. Yeah. My, nice. um, my mom would come home from treatment and doctor's appointments. She's, oh crap. I forgot to say this or that at the doctor's, you know, this new symptom popped up. And I thought to myself, I'm like, there has to be a better way to do this. There has to be a better way to keep track of everything in one place. Because when you go to the doctors, you're not seeing them weekly. It's normally right. a month out, maybe three months out. And it's like, you don't remember what you had for dinner last night. How are you supposed to be so detailed about your health? Yeah. It's so vital to know. And so, yeah, I started designing the products still at 17 and I launched mm. the company at 19. Nice. So how did you start? I, I, I wouldn't know where to start. 
to develop a, a medical app. Everyone Ridical. asked me that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was in school at the time and nobody knew about my idea. Only obviously my parents and um, really, really close friends. And there was a professor that there was an immediate connection. She was a business professor. She's funny. I enjoyed her class. You, that's rare. You know, you don't get that. And I just, one day I asked her to stay after and I just kind of announced that I have this idea, but I don't know what to do with it. And so she directed me to a free tool for students, like the small business development center. Nice. That was my first step. I knew I had to ask people for help, which a lot of people are afraid to do. Mm -hmm. I knew the only way I can do this was to ask questions. So my first step was working with the SBDC. Her name's Debbie. I'm still with her to this day, five awesome. years later. Um, but that was truly my first step was to ask questions. Very cool. And then for the app, did you do the programming yourself? Did you outsource nope. that to somebody? Oh, no. I barely turn on my phone sometimes. <laughs> so I, um, I got a developer and we're still right now because the company is so young, we're still in the research and development phase. We're still beta testing the app. Um, if you were to go download the app now on the Apple store, I put it back on beta because we're doing so many tests. So a person, if they're interested, it's completely free, but you'd have to reach out to us to get you placed on the app to do beta testing. So nice. I'm trying to keep it a very small controlled group because I want this app to work for the patient or the caregiver. Nice. And then through the app, are they connected to their doctor? Can the doctor see what they're, they're They doing will or? be. That's part of the testing okay. we're doing. Um, that's kind of the growth that's going to happen with this app. Um, but with the journal, so we have the paper medical journal and also the digital app. The paper okay. journal is more hands-on. It's about, half of a sheet of paper. So okay. that's eight inches by 11. So just cut that in half. Mm -hmm. And um, like my neurosurgeon is very hands-on when I come in with the journal, they're able to hold it, look at it, see all yeah. my pins and needles on my um, human body chart. So that's very hands-on with the doctor compared to the app right now. Nice. So that's where you'd make notes. Hey, this is giving me trouble here. This is hurting me there or whatever. So you can exactly. share that directly with the doctor. Nice. Yeah. So the journal is a 52 week tracker. So each week is on one page and you write out like for me, an example would be all the migraines I get, the intensity. Do I also have neck pain and back pain? And then on that same page, I can draw out on the human body chart exactly where my neck pain is because you go to the doctor, you say, yeah, I have neck pain. Okay. That's yeah. broad. Yeah. You got to throw it down. So the journal allows you to be so specific and mark and pin and color code. Nice. And since it's a, a picture where you can kind of circle or point to right. where it's hurting, that's probably good for younger kids too, that don't have all the, the terms, right? It is. Yeah. I do have some parents using it with their kids, you know, if, cause I don't think kids will really be able to understand what they're going through, but I think if they can color it out and mark mm -hmm. it out, I think it would definitely be much easier. And we've gotten good feedback from parents about that. Awesome. Very cool. And so you still get the migraines? I do. I have about three debilitating migraines per week. Wow. Yeah. On top yeah. of all the other stuff I'm doing. And yeah, the guest speaking, the keynote address, mm -hmm. <laughs> everything you're doing. Wow. That yeah. is wild. It's, um, it dropped from six. 
So I went from six to three and you only have seven days in a week. So it really got a lot. Um, But I'm actively trying to get better physical therapy. I'm getting stronger again. So hopefully that might bring me down to one a week, which would be brilliant. But the surgery, there's no cure for Chiari malformation. They can't move your cerebellum up. They, not to get too graphic, but they pretty much take the back of your skull out to allow for the fluid to flow freely. Um, So that was the surgery. It was 10 hours. I was in the pediatric ICU for four days, which was like record for this surgery. It's normally 14. Really? Yeah. I couldn't believe it either. Um, But because of how good of shape that I'm in, I bounce back very quickly. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. And so what's, uh, what's still to do with the app? I mean, what, what kind of things are you adding into the app? Oh, there's a lot. I'm always thinking. My mind is always going. Um, I think more of what I just said, where we're trying to get it to work for the patient. You know, we have to do enough. It's a full-time job as a, any type of patient, chronic illness or, um, so I'm really trying to create those features from feedback to work for the user. So that's my biggest focus, but my mind is always going. I have so many ideas, but there's, you can't, do it all in one day. It's going to be years. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I had a guy on the podcast a week or two ago that he had developed a, like kind of a smart watch that Mm -hmm. would tell you uh, your hydration, you know, because he was a runner, he was a Mm -hmm. runner and he said one of his first big marathons, he didn't hydrate. And so he had a lot of complications after that. So he decided to use the watch. Well, next thing you know, the military is saying, Hey, our guys in the fields could use that. You know, other people are saying, well, with diabetes, we could probably tweak, you know, the code to, to work with diabetes and everything like that. So it opens up a lot of, a lot of doors. Do you just, do you see the same thing happening with your app? Yeah, there's um, different groups that I want to start working with. I definitely want to stay involved with athletes with the journals and the app right now. It's not tailored to an athlete. Um, you can use it, but I would like to expand specifically like programs specific towards um, athletes, just because that's all I know. Yeah. That is awesome though. Very cool. But now you're branching into new things. You just uh, started your real estate career, right? Not started. I mean, you've been kind of on the periphery of of real estate. Yeah. I mean, I've, um, I've been involved since I was little. I fell in love with uh, seeing a piece of dirt and just imagining what can be built on it because my dad's a home builder, my uncle's an architect and a large scale developer. So I was always assisting and drawing renderings. And um, so I fell in love, but I've been running Limitless and my keynote speaking, and I'm still a student. So that held my focus. But 2020 and 2021, this COVID pandemic really opened a lot of people's eyes to tomorrow's not promised. Yes. During this time, I had a cancer scare and it woke me up to, holy crap, tomorrow really is not promised. My dream is to become a real estate developer. I'm taking the necessary steps today to get there. So that's another reason why I executed and pulled the trigger on getting my license. And so, yeah. (laughs) You've got a lot going on. Where do you find the time for all this stuff? I, I make the time. I mean, I, um, I think that is one of the biggest things I learned as an athlete, because 
I remember in middle school, I would have to wake up. School starts at 9.15 for middle school. But I was up at 5.30 because I had to do study hall. There was a teacher that knew how busy I was. And he held study hall for me from 6 to 9.15. So my parents would drop me off at school at that time. I would do all my homework then because I couldn't do it any other time. School from 9 to 4. Then I'd go to uh, middle school practice from 4 to 6. And then I'd go from middle school practice to travel practice from 6.30 to 10 every single day. Wow. I, the only, so you see how I had to make the time and to, for the homework. And, um, I do yeah. the same with all the other things I juggle now. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, uh, again, leadership skill is, is the time management and staying focused on what it is you want to achieve, right? Making time yeah. for that. Very cool. So with limitless medical logs, how many folks do you have folks working with you on that? Or is that still kind of solo? I do. I have a team of, um, there's three of us now, but it expands more to when I think of a team, it's more than just people who are, you know, in the trenches with me. It's the mentors that I still work with. I have about six mentors, nice. advisors and, you know, lawyers They're you know, with me. So it's a team of three, but I truly say it's about 10. Excellent. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Good job. Um, if I was to bump into any one of these folks and ask them, what kind of leader you are, what would they tell me? I would probably say that they would bring up how open I am to helping them. Um, I do a lot of work with interns as well. And the biggest thing that I do with them is I wish I had someone leading me the way that I do with them. I allow them to ask any question about building a business, networking, Um, creating a product, research and development, anything where they have that time with me, like a one-on-one. So I truly believe that they would bring up how um, I help them and I want to see them grow. I want to see them get better and I want to develop them into better uh, people. And it goes the same with coaching softball because I do help out with coaching. It's not just making them a better athlete. It's making them a better person. Yeah. And that's what I truly focus on with my team. That's awesome. Very cool. So you're still involved with software. I am. Yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, I started coaching actually when I was 19, the same time I was starting the business. I just, uh, I lost it so quick and yeah. um, it kind of, it gives me a different perspective of I'm very close in their age. I'm a few years off, um, but I can really provide them guidance and advice from looking on the field and, and most importantly, off the field, you know, so that's kind of how I look at it. Nice. Very cool. Well, so let's talk a little bit about courage. Um, cause like I said, uh, enduring what you went through and everything that would have, you know, caused some people just kind of curl up in the fetal mm-hmm. position and, and cover their heads, but you use that to create the business and everything. Right. right? Um, where did you find that courage? Where did that courage come from? I would say seeing my mom go through what she went through, I would say that her cancer um, diagnosis made us stronger to battle with what I'm going through. What I have is it's going to be for the rest of my life. Um, so it's kind of just managing those symptoms. But my mom, I, I would say she's literally my hero. Hmm. She would 
I was in high school when she was diagnosed, I was a sophomore. She would get up, make sure the whole house is ready for, for the day and leave five, six o'clock in the morning to go get treatment. Then she would go to work from nine to five. She'd drive 45 minutes to get to work, go to work. Then she would still be in the stands every single day at my games at 7.30 p.m. Three hours standing in the, uh, you know, the stands watching me to repeat that every single day. And she did that for four months. And um, I think about that all the time because that right there is courage to me. And um, she really showed that, you know, if you put your mind to something and your mindset's 50% of any battle. So um, it always gets me talking about that, but. No, absolutely. I would, I'm, I'm getting choked up as you're talking about it, you know, but to have somebody like that, that, that is that dedicated to your success. Right. You know, I see where you, where you carry that on. And now you're saying, Hey, what can I do to help others? Yeah. Which is good. And that was kind of the hardest part when I got diagnosed and, and lost the scholarships and everything. It's because my parents worked so hard for me. It wasn't just me committing to this sport. They had to commit to, and um, people don't understand how intense travel softball is unless you're doing it at the level I did. And um, for about two months, I kept blaming myself for this and Mm -hmm. I couldn't break out of it. I'm, I'm just like, this is my fault. I did this, which it's not, I was born with it. I had no control over it, but it just kept building up. And I kept getting more and more angry that this was my fault. Um, My parents did all this and I just ruined it for them. Um, But it took a long time for me to realize that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still, they're supporting me like crazy now still. And I'm kind of, sending that over to helping others. And that's just what I love to do. Yeah. That is cool. And like I said, the strength to, to take that, that challenge, that adversity and create something that'll help other people. That's awesome. Thanks. You talked about um, in your bio about uh, being an author, aspiring author. Yep. What are you writing? A book on my life. <laughs> Very cool. um, it's kind of going to be like a, like the questions you're asking, how did I start a business? How did I say, stay so mentally tough during this whole time? So it's kind of going to be a look into my perspective more than just a podcast interview and really yeah. teaching you how to have the, the mindset that I do. Um, and then really take you on the roller coaster of you know, baby me playing softball to where I'm at now. It just turned 24. Wow. That is cool. Yeah. Keynote speaker in front of hundreds of people, right? Thousands of people. Um, and you, you travel around to do guest speaking. I do. And, um, yeah, my first keynote was, there was 200 people in the audience. They were all, I was 20, just turned 20. And, um, they were all business executives. So I'm like, and my parents, that was their first um, time watching me up on stage. So it was nerve wracking. And then I went from that to my second one had 1500 people in the audience. And that I always said, because I lost softball, I'm like, I need to find something that gives me the same adrenaline rush. Keynote speaking does because I'm uncomfortable and I become more comfortable every single time. And I just, I've fallen in love with growth getting better every oh, day yeah. that adrenaline rush of stepping out on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, yeah, not much like awesome. that. That's good. Very cool. So what's next for you? I mean, 
you seem like you've got a lot going on right now and stuff. Um, where do you go from here? Well, I definitely want to get the book um, published. I've been writing it. I'm not the best writer. I'm good at speaking. I'm not good at writing. Um, so I definitely am trying to get some help with that. My goal is to be an author before 25 or before 30. So nice. trying to meet that goal. Um, but to grow my real estate career and really work towards becoming a real estate developer while also growing limitless medical logs, getting the app better, um, getting better research and development and really mm -hmm. making the app work for the other user. Um, but also breaking into those programs that we were discussing, really expanding nice. to more than just chronic illness. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Big things in store. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for, uh, coming on the podcast. If people want to reach out to you, if people want to, uh, to follow you and stuff like that, how can they learn more about uh, your businesses? Yeah. So actually I just realized this, but our website's being updated so okay. they can go on it, but they're not going to see much. I always do that every year. I want to make okay. it better. Great. Um, the best way to get in touch is to go on Instagram. Uh, Limitless medical logs is the business, but they can also reach out to me on my personal Jordan Ray 25. Okay. Um, and LinkedIn, I think is Jordan Lexi Ray. Feel free to connect with me, have a chat. I'm very open to connecting with people and, you know, seeing where a relationship can be built. Awesome. And speaking engagements coming up, anything on the horizon? Nothing planned because everybody wants to keep doing these Zoom uh, speaking engagements and I'm not for it. I just, <laughs> I love the in-person, you know, yeah. the emotions. So yeah. if anybody has anything, I'd love to do a speaking engagement, but just not Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> so I might have to wait, you know, a little bit longer, but um, yeah, I'd love to do at least one engagement per month. That's kind awesome. of my goal. That'd be great. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you again. Thanks for, for coming out. I know how busy you are and stuff, and I appreciate you taking time out to, uh, to talk with us. This of been course. Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. And we'll check back in with you when, you're, uh, when your book is published. All right. Yeah, definitely come back on and tell you all about it. I will hold you to that. All right. <laughs> Listeners, awesome. hope you guys appreciate this, uh, this episode and we're taking notes. Uh, definitely reach out and connect with Jordan and follow her as, as she grows her career and buy real estate from her, right? You're down in Florida, right? I am. I'm in South Florida, but I focus in Palm Beach County, Martin County, and I'm going to do some business in uh, the Tampa, St. Pete area. Excellent. Yeah, I lived down in Tampa for years. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very cool. All right. So go down and buy some, buy some real estate. <laughs> All right. Uh, listeners, hope you uh, enjoy this episode. If you did, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now. <laughs>